Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. For this episode, we are doing another anniversary review. And joining me, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but for the very first time, Allegra of History of Color. Hey, Allegra. Oh, hi, Peter. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, we have collaborated before together, but kind of crazy that this is the first time you've been on this particular show. Yeah, this um, I finally made it. There was a vetting process, and then I finally <laughs> made it to the Podstalgic uh, podcast. Thanks. I'm glad I passed the test. Oh well, you know it, it, it's pretty funny because um, you know for those that don't know, inside baseball here, that uh, Mariano, who's uh, a newer uh, role player here on the show, is your co-host over at History of Color, and your husband. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was husband first. He was husband first. Oh, is that how that worked? Oh, okay. So we can clarify. It wasn't his podcasting skills. No, 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 no. Now, he's explained it before, but maybe for anybody tuning in for the first time because they want to hear you, uh, can you talk a little bit about History of Color? So thank you for for giving me that opportunity to talk about it, Peter. I really appreciate it. Um, History Color is a monthly podcast. We usually try to keep it within 30 minutes, but sometimes if we're interviewing people, it becomes a bit longer. But it's a history podcast that focuses on um, people of color, underrepresented groups, and um, events that uh, shaped American culture and um, America as we know it. And that isn't often um, or often never (laughs) um, brought up within history class. Uh, So uh, it got inspired because I kept feeling like there were so many things that were starting to come up and I kept being like, wow, I've never even heard of this person before. Wow, I've never even heard of that before. So it was like, well, why don't we have a podcast about that? And so for the first few episodes, it was just me talking into the 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 error. Um, and then I finally bullied my husband to um, join me. So it's been really nice to be able to have a conversation. And so we've talked about um, a bevy of things. I mean, uh, punk rock you know, the history of um, black people in punk rock. Um, we've talked about a lot of things, black jockeys. We've talked about Larry Itleong, um, who's the, uh, he was kind of the predecessor to Cesar Chavez. Yeah, he was a collaborator in yeah. the big union that Cesar Chavez is involved. So right. he's one, like a lesser known person. Right. So yeah, we usually try to find people who are lesser known, oh. but had a higher influence. There's a cinematographer um, from the forties, um, who was a Chinese American and now for whatever name, his name's escaping me right now. But something how I can't remember. Yeah, it is how was his last name. And, uh, he was like innovative in, filming up close particularly boxing scenes like he used roller skates that's kind of an interesting fact like he's the first time he went in with roller skates to get up close to the fighting to get a kind of feel of you being in the in the fight when it comes to boxing scenes so that was one of the innovations he did he also came up with a like a a, a different kind of tripod uh for filming and so he kind of did some pretty to big do things like mo- uh, moving um shots right and moving he shots won yeah, an oscar actually too, too so. for oh, cinematography wow. some interesting so. folks that you're like oh i never i never like Allegra was saying, like she starts hearing people or things that happen. And you're like, wait, I don't know about this. And then kind of researching 
to get more information. Like, this is pretty cool. And then, so now we're looking for that, right? So, which is cool. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. We both are really big history people. So it wasn't hard to be motivated by the subject matter. And we're both people of color. So that's cool, too. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, you got to support that because, you know, uh, there's very few podcasts that are hosted by people of color period Mm -hmm. you know um i remember one time there's like you know those twitter threads that people will ask a question and people will mention and give their answer and i remember one question is like why did you start a podcast and mine was you know a bit of a joke but there was some truth to it i i mentioned that particular tweet and then i said well i went on itunes searched asian podcast and it said no search results and now i have a podcast Right. You know, so right. it, was, it was a joke, but you know, it there's not a lot of people of color. I uh, I thought it was very interesting when Devin and I started. We got five, and uh, we were also being referred to as like a black podcast. You know, and that was kind of kind of <laughs> interesting to hear. You know, because my co-host was black, so I was like, "Hey, we're we're something." You know, that's cool. You know, <laughs> to be associated with uh, you know people of color. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great podcast. I, I know that we keep putting it off, but uh, you know, I am supposed to make an appearance as well. I forgot the actor's name, but there was some kind of uh, there was a Japanese man from the 30s, 20s, 30s or something, you know, bigger than Charlie Chaplin, was uh, considered a sex symbol and all these things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely get to it uh, uh, sometime. But um, yeah, yeah, I I really enjoy it. And I know that you and Carly did a crossover during uh, Aretha or shortly after Aretha Franklin's uh, passing and stuff too. So a a lot of uh, things to dive into, um, music, sports, uh, and all that you cover. So uh, yeah, check it out. History of Color. Yes, please. And thank you. All right. So uh, we are going to talk about the butterfly effect. Uh, Funny enough, we talked about this off mic, but we are recording on the actual 25th anniversary of no 15th. 15th anniversary of 25. That's a really old movie. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, so it's the 15th anniversary of the movie. So it did come out 2004, uh, January 23rd. So what we like to do is take a look back at that weekend. The number one song at the time of this movie's release. Tell me if you guys know this one. Hey Ya by Outkast. <laughs> Nice. I wonder. It's it's in the back of my mind. I might I might know it. You you might know it if you shake it like a salt shaker. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or a Polaroid. I was gonna say I'm gonna Polaroid. (laughs) I was gonna say I was gonna shake shake my memories to figure out what song this is. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) you beat me to it, Peter. Can't deny how big that song was. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, just looking at the billboard here, it will go number one for the next three weeks before it gets knocked out by The Way You Move, uh, which is also Outcast. So that was on the second CD, mm-hmm. if I remember right. correctly. That was yeah. uh, Big Boy's uh, CD. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. uh, some of the other movies of n- worth noting um, that came out the same weekend was Win a Date with Tad uh, Tad Hamilton. Oh, geez. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I, I didn't, but I do. I remember the title because I worked at Blockbuster, yeah. uh, or oh. I guess I, I'm. Mm, no, I wasn't working at Blockbuster at this time, but I remember seeing the cover box there. Uh, let's see here, "Touching the Void." Never heard of that one. Whoa, what is that about? Yeah, no idea. I think 
I I think that's about a mountain climber, and I believe I saw that too. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, and the next two movies, never heard of them. Probably indies because they barely made any money. But uh, Khaki and Wooly Boys. Huh. Interesting. I vaguely recall Wooly Boys, but I haven't seen any of the movies that you just. <laughs> I, I do named. remember Khaki, but I, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. So at least they're familiar to you guys. Yeah, I. The only one I heard of. Oh, yeah. Heard of Touching was the, the Void. Ted Hamilton. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Touching the Void is a mountain climber one. I did see that. It's actually it's a pretty good movie, actually. Yeah. Okay. It, I mean, it, it made pretty good money for for the budget, at least. You know. Yeah. No, it wasn't like a big, huge Hollywood. No. You know the no nah, the the I think the big one was butterfly effect that weekend right? oh absolutely they make the most it money huge. that we should, yeah because so we're, yeah that was the bigger one yeah. it was huge um so we'll get into the butterfly effect and uh, you know mariano you kind of touched on it a little bit it, it being huge uh actually you know let's start with our guest first uh allegra did you watch this when it first came out or uh, what's your what's your history with butterfly effect so um i didn't see it in the theater but I did watch it pretty soon after it came out. I think you and we I saw it together with our roommates, yeah. And we um, rented it like the weekend. I think it was the week it came out on on video, right? Um, and we watched it together, and it was like, yeah, it was a very yeah rambunctious yeah. crowd watching the film. So I must say, right. And it was kind of like um, we had just come off of Ashton Kutcher being on that 70s show. Like, that's how everyone knew him. Right. Right. So it was kind of being it was kind of like, whoa, OK, he's going to try to be an actor now. Yeah. Let's see <laughs> how this works. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so, um, that's probably the my the most kind of poignant history with me and the butterfly effect is being like, all right, Ashton Kutcher, let's see what you got. Um, and because it's kind of like um, like a time jumping thing, and I love you know th- stories about moving through time. That of course that was the attraction too. Is so, Mariano? You, I mean, so you guys saw it at the same time. You pretty much share yeah, the same yeah, story. Did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For me, uh, I believe I was still on active duty, so I, I probably went to go watching in the theater with a bunch of soldiers. Um, I remember enjoying it, and that's kind of you know I'm saying that loosely because it's you know so many dark you know subject matters uh you know in, in this movie. Right. Um, I too was very curious to see Ashton Kutcher in a serious role. That may right. be another reason that I went to go watch it. And um, it, it wasn't because of Amy Smart. We, I, I mean, Mariano, you and I, we just covered Varsity Blues, which she was also right. in. So this is back-to-back movies with Amy Smart. I didn't remember her from that role. Uh, and I know that was just a few years before this release. Uh, but this is the very first time I really noticed her. You know, And I, I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. I would later on yeah. see her in Road Trip, I believe. And um, I think she's amazing. I think Ashton could Everybody has to play you know, so many different layers as their characters, you know, because things change so often, their personalities change and, and all that. So I think everybody here uh, did a really good job. Um, I remember liking this so much that when it came out on, on home release, I, I bought it immediately. Matter of fact, I think uh, I watched this on my Infinity DVD, with, which was supposed to have like all these special menus and stuff. And at points, my, my DVD was actually kind of skipping. Uh, that's how long I've <laughs> had this DVD. So I don't know if that's much of a, an issue for many people now with like Blu-rays and stuff. But I, I haven't watched anything that skipped in such a long time. 
Um, this movie, it was directed by a couple people I'm not familiar with, uh, Eric Bress and Jay Mackie Gruber. Uh, and hmm. it's about a kid who suffers blackouts during significant events in his life. And as he grows up, he uh, goes through these journals, which he kept to help you know, jog his memory and such. And and when he would read them, he would travel back to those periods in his life. A couple of the cast members before we get more into it. uh, We mentioned Ashton Kutcher. He plays Evan, right? He's the lead. Amy Smart is his lady friend. I want to call her lady friend Kaylee. Uh, Her brother is played by... Gosh, you know, there's so many of them too, but I'm just going to stick with the... I feel the older version. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm stick with the older version because it's you know it stars Ashton Kutcher. I feel right. bad because they you know all of them are so pivotal uh, in terms of like what they bring. Um, Tommy is played by William Lee Scott. Uh, that is Kaylee's brother, and then we have Eldon Henson who plays Lenny. Very recognizable guy. Uh, he's been in a lot of movies as well. Um, is there anybody else? Eric Stoltz plays George Miller. That is right. The dad, uh, Kaylee's dad. Uh, Kaylee, Kaylee and, and Tommy's, Tommy's dad. dad, right. Right. And I think that's it. Um, yep. You know what? I do want to give a shout out to the, the, the other Evans, actually, real quick, just because they, they do a lot as well. Uh, Logan Lerman, who plays the seven-year-old Evan, he's actually one of my favorite actors. He was in, like, the, the Percy Jackson movies. But where, yes. yeah, what I know him from, or what I like him best in, uh, is actually Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's right. That's a great that's film, him. too. That's, that's yeah. a really good that's film. We've got to add that to the really list, good. right? We're going to add that to yeah, the yeah, list. Yeah, that's a good we, we need, you know what? We need to do that one. That yeah. That's a great, I, yeah. So that's I really him. like that movie. And yeah. he was also in Fury with Brad Pitt, you know, like the war movie. Oh, war. Yeah, okay. he was the kid with the conscience, you know, so... Could kind of lead I, I there. would say it's funny that you're right because there's so many of them, versions of them, the seven-year-old, the thirteen-year-old version. Mm-hmm. But the 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 kid who played Tommy at the thirteen-year-old version, like that was pretty freaking good. Like because that was a scary. That's scary Tommy. It was a scary, scary yeah. Tommy. Yes. Yeah. That that's uh. So you know, let's give them all love. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, Cameron Bright played eight-year-old Tommy, the scary Tommy. Uh, let's see, thirteen-year-old. Gosh, this is all over the place. Jesse James, that's um, that's a name for you right mm. there. So that's yeah. 14-year-old Tommy. So I guess he was a little bit older than the other two, I guess. Right. That makes sense if Kaylee and uh, Evan are the same age. Right, right. Uh, Irene Gorovaya as Kaylee at 13. Did I get them all? I probably got them all. I uh, think so. I think those are the ones, yeah. There's there's so many there's so many characters in here you know it I I want to mention them all but there's too many of them they all did a, an amazing job and and 13 year old Evan John Patrick Amadori uh, he had a lot to do as well because I think that's where most of it was in their in their right. teens right yeah he was yeah so it was it was really it was it's funny because it's the first time I've seen this movie since like Allegra and I watched yeah, it yeah exactly back in back in you know like the, maybe nine months to a year after it came out. In the theaters so it's interesting to be like okay what are we going to get ourselves it's almost like varsity blues i totally like i only saw parts and pieces of it and saw it again and was like eh, you know kind of lukewarm about the whole film but this was definitely an upgrade in movie because i really enjoyed it. <laughs> enjoyed it again yeah you know but we'll we can talk about that a little more oh sure my, there's no whipped cream on body parts or syrup no, for um, number one not, not that yeah. we that's saw. number one that's i think there was some right popcorn there. eating though 
That, but it, I, can, but it I can live with that. That was it, it didn't fall on any body parts, though. <laughs> right. I don't think. Um, but Allegra, you you were uh, kind enough to pull up what the the butterfly effect definition is uh, that yes. that they show on the the top of the movie. Yes, I um, did not, of course, take note um, fr- uh, on what they wrote in the movie, but I did pull up here. It's part of the chaos theory, and it's um, basically uh, the idea that if one little thing is changed, it affects a larger thing. So if you change a, a little thing within time, it may um, affect, it may cause a kind of ripple effect or cause a bigger change within um the time within time or within the future so that's basically what it is is like the smallest detail change uh like if you go if one would to time travel <laughs> and you change the smallest detail it could have a grant it could possibly have a grand effect yeah so and I don't know if I'm pulling this from somewhere else, but and it, it might be in the movie. But uh, I think another example of to kind of paint the picture is that the flutter of a butterfly can cause like a typhoon or something like that mm-hmm. somewhere else. Right. Um, but yeah, I've always been fascinated with that theory ever since I saw this movie. Um, I enjoyed this movie so much. I'm already spoiling it now uh, that I went ahead and watched uh the two sequels part two and part three um when they came out you know like yeah. so wow. the days of blockbuster so you know mm-hmm. I, I saw them on the shelf and butterfly effect sold uh they weren't good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they I was had gonna to... say, you did that so we didn't have to thank yes, you for exactly. taking that yeah now i don't remember like how bad they were or anything like that uh, i think i remember two was like okay it was a good idea i feel like um they were using like uh photograph pictures you know to to travel back i I think that was how they did it couldn't tell you three but i remember three there was like a twist in there where i'm like oh they they, you know the 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 twist was kind of like like game of thrones territory you you know what i mean Mm. and um i don't want to get into too much of that just because i don't remember exactly but i remember something a little disturbing i'm like yeah i don't know why they decided to add that maybe because there was you know, some disturbing stuff in the first movie and they were trying to keep that tone. I'm not sure. But well, thank you for taking the uh, the bullet and watching those. <laughs> yeah, I, I am interested to revisit part two again, just because I remember kind of liking it. And the interesting thing, I mean, I know we're not going to get too spoilery is I like that you said that the second one kind of um, used pictures, you know, because right. it kind of kind of picked up from the first one so that's nice yep we will definitely get there um so let's so we'll i'll kind of recap what happens um before evan's present time and you guys fill in the blanks if i miss anything too so uh evan again is like uh you know good friends with kaylee and tommy who i guess probably lives kind of close i don't think they're you know really neighbors or anything like that uh at a really young age evan was um he was invited over to Kaylee and Tommy's house where we find out that, you know, their dad, Eric Stoltz, which I'm so glad that they replaced him with Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future because, uh, I wouldn't, I couldn't see my Marty McFly being in this role. 
Um, but he likes to videotape children, specifically his kids. And so that is one of the blackout moments. Um, there was another moment in school where Evan, he had drawn like a very violent picture, you know, mm-hmm. and there was a blackout mm-hmm. there. Anything else before we get to teenage Evan? I think those are the main, the big ones. Um, oh, well, there's one where he blacks out um, and he has a knife in his hand. His that's mom right. finds it well, in the kitchen yeah, with true. a knife yeah. in that his hand. in the kitchen, right. yeah. Uh, and the, that might be it for seven-year-old Evan. Um, right. As 13-year-old Evan, uh, the biggest one is where he wakes up and they're in the middle of the forest. And right. um, they don't know what happened there. Gosh, is there much there? I think that's the biggest one. The dog. The, okay, the dog. yeah, yeah. The dog, so, yeah. In the junkyard. In the junkyard where Tommy uh, has Evan's dog in a bag and he's going to set him on fire. But he right. wakes up and the, the bag had already been lit. And uh, right. him and Kelly both had been assaulted by Tommy. Right. right. So that's that's another one. Um, and at some point, that's when Evan's mom decides to leave, right? they She and Evan move out of the town, leaving right. poor Kaylee and Tommy behind. Right. Um, throughout the years, you know, Tommy has, well, this is going to be really interesting uh, how we <laughs> review and talk it's about these It's not linear because it's not linear. It, it really isn't. I wonder if we should just go on with the seven-year-old and 13-year-old versions because that'll lead him to being an adult you know what i mean okay okay yeah or, or just at least be able to because he you know obviously he goes back to same events a couple of times at times that lead to other other things happening obviously so right uh, this is a tough one you're right because it's not because the structure which would make is what makes it really interesting is the way that is kind of structured you know what i mean like the way that you have the story being told in fragmented pieces of time which is very fascinating yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it's kind of like Memento, right? That's yeah. played backwards. Yeah. They show you the beginning of a scene. You're like, well, how do we get here? Well, we'll show you in the black and white version of it. And so that's kind of how they did it here. It could have been inspired. I, I didn't do enough research to find out. But, you know, you take away the blackouts and him going back and trying to fix things. Not not as interesting, right? It's just kind of like, all right, well, this this is a story. But as Evan gets older, he is uh, roommating with a guy named Thumper, who uh, many people around my age will recognize from Boy Meets World. Uh, he is played by uh, Ethan Supley. Um, he was like one of the bullies from from that show. But uh, yeah, just one evening, Evan starts turning the pages and, you know, he goes back. I don't even remember when he goes back to for the first time, but just to kind of take it back to seven-year-old Evan, he shows up in the basement and, right. you know, he's telling George, I think is Eric Stoltz's uh, uh, character name, he's telling him off about how you need to leave your daughter alone, you need to focus uh, more on your son because he's like a dirt bag and all these things. And he doesn't know that Tommy's sitting on the top of the stairs listening to all of this. Um, right. What do you guys think about this pedophilia subplot here with Tommy and Kaylee's dad? So um, I agree with you in regards to the whole Eric Stoltz um, <laughs> back to the future thing. That would totally freak me out. <laughs> Man, it was so weird 
just as an aside, it was so weird to see Eric Stoltz be this kind of dirtbaggy person because my introduction to Eric Stoltz was the Elephant Man. I'm not sorry, not no, Elephant Man, Mask. Man, um, mask. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, it was such a touching, loving story. So to see him as this kind of gross parent who was abusing clearly abusing his son and daughter and then bringing this random kid in to participate in this abuse was just really really disturbing um it was also i mean i guess we needed to have this kind of um what do you call it like dissension we needed to have this kind of like uh official mass uh mustache twirler in eric stoltz you know in order to kind of give you something to hold on to and really give reason for evan to to try to make these changes because you know it was all essentially to to try and protect you know protect the people that he loved and cared for so yeah i both liked and disliked it because it again it was a little bit like um mustache twirly but at the same time it made eric stoltz is a good actor and so it made him like it was just like you know right (laughs) like really (laughs) yeah you can see it right away like when when the mom dropped him off you know and i forgot to be honest i forgot it's funny because again i've seen it a long time but i forgot most of the film like the details you know Same. Like, so, so watching it so everything was new and until it's kind of triggered here and there and you're like oh crap that's what happens right um like i just remembered the like the i think drug addicted version of of kaylee right mm-hmm. that's that kind of what stands out because i remember going damn the makeup is like really good in this movie you know kind of they did a really good job like they did bad hair but their makeup was good um overall but eric stoltz like i remember eric stoltz first time i saw him was in some kind of wonderful and that was like which is the best john hughes movies yes fight me <laughs> out there <laughs> fight me on that one isn't that with leah thompson uh, uh yes leah thompson and i want to say uh, mary stewart masterson was the other person too in there uh and that is what john hughes wanted pretty and pink to be Mm, interesting. Okay. So that's why he made it. It's basically the same story, but the ending is what he wanted Pretty in Pink to be, but the studio wouldn't let him do that. And that's why he said, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do my own thing down the line when it became bigger or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, but it's a better story anyway. But that's besides the point. So that's my first seeing him and I saw him in Mask. And I was like Eric Stoltz. So <laughs> seeing him out there like holding a drink in his hand going like, oh, yeah, I'll take uh, you know Evan in here. I'm all like, oh, ew, he's going to do some weird. And I'm yes. like, oh, fuck. I, rem- yeah, I remember yeah. that. Then I remember like, oh, shit. <laughs> now I'm, it's like me. I'm reading. I'm reading the pages. Oh, God. I'm going back in time watching this film. <laughs> like this creepy ass part of the movie. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. Um, yeah. But I will say that the and this is what kind of like, like you're saying, like, you, you, you got to have the catalyst to kind of push the story. And if you're going to make it in the way that they did the timeline, you can't just have it be all over the place. You got to have some kind of markers and you got to have like a, a reason for the way things happen. So I, even though it is a little mustache twirly because right away he looks like creepazoid right from the beginning. Yep. But we need that in the story for it to move, to move forward. And so it was actually a good part. And plus I think getting a good actor to do so helps along the line too. Absolutely. You're also dealing with kids, which, you know, you don't always get good acting from kids because they're kids. You know, they're still learning the craft and all these other things that they may not, you know, you can't. 
for every fanning out there, you're not going to get like, <laughs> you know, you're just gonna be, like hundreds of not people, kids who can't really act. So moving along with that, I think it, it helps to have somebody with that kind of caliber as far as like the, the acting, you know? Yeah. And speaking of the acting, I think that the seven year old Evan was probably the best out of the three Evans. Yeah. If I'm gonna I have may to agree be with so bold. Just because I felt like he was really conveying that kind of confusion, being a kid that was like, what the hell is going on with me? Why am I blacking out? You know, um, so I really liked seven-year-old Evan the best in terms of acting ability. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I would say I would say that um, kind of an inverse to uh, Varsity Blues. I feel like Varsity Blues was an, just not that great of a movie. But that um, James Vanderbeek. Thank you, James Vanderbeek. I never remember his name. Anyway, I'm getting him confused because the dude who played Zach in Saved by the Bell. I always get those two things confused. <laughs> I can see it. Three, yeah. 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 Anyway, absolutely. So uh, James Vanderbeek was a good actor in a not good movie, and here this is like potentially good to great movie with a not so great actor. Because I don't think Ashton Kutcher was all that great in this movie. He did okay. He, he did, did enough okay. to kind of move the story along, but I, I do like the younger kid. Um, so I'm all like, so what I'm saying is, I would have liked to have, see James Vanderbeek playing the role of Ashton Kutcher in this movie of Evan. <laughs> that, that would be the older Evan. That, that would be no, interesting. No, no, no. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> I, I think I did see uh, a couple like, oh, the studio one of you know these guys. Like I think Josh Joshua Jackson was one of the names that I saw that was up for this um uh, the role of Evan, and he's it, good. Yeah, yeah, well, the, the funny thing is, it, it seemed like this movie was kind of in de- developmental hell until Ashton Kutcher signed on as producer. And uh, ah. that's, that's how this movie was able to get made. And then uh, okay. ultimately, he became the lead. Uh, I thought he was fine in this one. There's a couple uh, points that he really impressed me. Um, I really like him when he's extremely dramatic. You know, I, I don't like him when he's kind of, I don't know, like when he's kind of like regular, go lucky, whatever. I, I think of. You know, that 70s show, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to, like, differentiate the two a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. But the one part that really impressed me, because I can't do it, but it's when he recites the Greek alphabet as fast as he does. Right. Right, to those um, pledges. You know, right. and I was just like, man, that is crazy fast how he did it. And it, it appeared that he was doing it off of memory, which I'm sure many people can do. And I was just like... Gosh, I know the military alphabet. Could I do it that fast? And I can probably get to like H or I before I have to like start thinking about the rest. You know what I mean? But he went from like A through Z in Greek. And I'm like, man, that's pretty impressive. You know, right. so um, it's funny that when he was being an asshole to those pledges, he was more convincing to me than he was, was playing like, oh, I'm just. I'm just, I'm not so sure of myself, Ashton Kutcher. I was just about that. to say that. He was a better <laughs> asshole than, than anything else. In but you my know opinion. what didn't impress me? All the outfits did not impress me. That's just, I'm just throwing that out there. You don't like that <laughs> yellow polo jacket that he was wearing? No, I don't like it. the jeans. I don't like those like jeans he was wearing. At some, oh, wait, am I mixing it with James Vanderbeek? I'm stuck in I varsity blues. You, you might stuck be. In varsity I, I, blues. I don't even yeah. remember the man's pants. I mean, he wasn't wearing them most of the time, right? <laughs> he was in bed a few times. <laughs> But but you know those those bright ass colors were not impressing me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know, those are frat boys, right? That that's kind of like the stereotypical look, I, I guess, is dressing really preppy. But Tommy, to kind of go back to him real quick, that right. yeah, the, the the filming that that scene, that's like kind of the start of it, right? The the scary Tommy, I think, doesn't come until the freaking movie theater, 
right? Where uh, right. Evan and Kaylee, you know, are pretty much get caught kissing in the outside, and and then Tommy, like, he wails on this other kid just to like. I don't know. Yeah. Kid, a guy freaking twice his size. He fucked yeah. that dude up. Yeah. He got, he grabbed like just one of those uh, poles, you know, and then right. just, oof, it was pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. And, and that's when you're like, that's when you're like, okay. This kid's a problem. He's a, he's a major problem. I can <laughs> see the, stares all at Evan. the kids being scary. Right. The whole time. Right. Yeah, stares yeah. down. Yeah. Basically going, uh, this is you. <laughs> yeah. This could yeah. be you. <laughs> Yeah, so so we knew that this is a guy that we're going to be looking out for, um, you know, the rest of the movie. And then there's, I think, I think he's in jail uh, in present time. So I think that's pretty much like all the like basic bullet points. I think from right. here, we'll just kind of talk about, you know, Ashton Kutcher, you know, fucking up time, <laughs> really. Um, right. This movie, why I like it so much is because, you know, I, I grew up watching all the Back to the Future movies and Doc Brown always preached, you know, you don't mess with time because it could have repercussions on, on, on the future. And so every time Ashton Kutcher goes back, he screws something up. So the very first time I think he goes back, he ends up with Kaylee, I believe. He comes back, he ends up with Kaylee, and then he finds out that that Tommy was in jail but then had just gotten released, right? Was mm-hmm. that the first time? Well, because mm-hmm. the very the first time, first time, he goes back, but um it's Lenny, right? He goes back and then um he gave Lenny the shard. Oh gosh. No, that's later on. That's later no, on? the first okay. time the first time is when he when he tells um uh the dad basically you know get your hands off of your your daughter and you know get rid of that camera and all that other stuff and i want to say that 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 this lead to them being in the frat you know and he um still has the same roommate and but he's in a frat and oh no he doesn't have the same roommate right because he because his friend doesn't even no, know him. right that's right oh man that i makes think it up. that i think you're right peter i think that the first time was um when they go back. He goes back to give Lenny the shard because Lenny, because he went to visit Lenny first. I, right? I think the shard might be the second time where Lenny was affected because I think the first time he's just oh, making the bomb. He's, he, well, oh, he got rid of the bomb. He got yeah the grenade. Wait, I think. no, no the, grenade, the, the dynamite, right? No, the dynamite. That, that's actually later when when right. uh, Kaylee picks it up. But at some point he messes with Lenny's timeline, and uh, Lenny is screwed up because he comes back to the present time, and Lenny's making all those uh, airplane models in his own mm-hmm. bedroom. Right. right. And then he gets up in Evan's face, and that's when Evan realizes that what he had envisioned was true that he did travel back in time because he right. repeated a couple of lines that Tommy said to him. Yo, yep. here's the first thing. And this is the, the and, and I like this marker because it showed us that he did go back in time is them putting that, that dynamite in the, in the, in the mailbox uh-huh. because the cigarette, the cigarette fell, he was That's smoking right. a cigarette and it fell into his shirt and he burned his stomach. That's right. And then when he came back to the, to the dorm, he's like, Oh, what the hell? He's got the marking of the cigarette. Right, the cigarette, which which will come into play later on, right? Um, so once once that happened, you're right, that did screw up Lenny. But then he went back again to try to fix it, and it, it just got worse because he kept, you know, doing that. But exactly. he, that's the marker going. I can go back in time and change things. Right, right. And then I think that's when we get Kaylee. Right, he quote unquote fixes that relationship. But then Tom, he finds out Tommy gets released from jail. And then this is where he accidentally, 
I don't know if he accidentally he kills Tommy, you know, right. uh, pretty brutally with a bat or something, something all metallic. The, whatever, all the aggression that he had from Tommy being Tommy being, and he just built up and and did that to him. Uh, one more thing: the the other blackout he had when he was a kid was going to visit his dad. That's right. Right. He blacked and out his dad, and his dad was, was choking him, saying, him. "I love you, but you have to die." Yeah. So that was a that was an intense scene. There was like a lot of really kind of cool scenes. Like, I feel like this movie, and I don't know why it was like. I guess who knows why it was in production hell, but this story is really good. You know, like when you look at it from beginning to end, you're like, this is a really good story. And I wonder if it's a matter of them how how they were going to attach it to to be able to tell it correctly. Look at how whatever the vision of the writer or the script writer or director wanted to do. Because um, overall, I feel like there's certain kind of things that were a little choppy for me, but overall the concept and the storyline was really good. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it was basically kind of showcasing um, the arrogance, right? Like of a person who discovers that they can travel back right. in time and, and can't, and, and really truly believes that they can fix things. And so it's interesting that the more he tried to fix things, the more he was fucking it up. So, right. yeah, it's just like that arrogance is very interesting. And just seeing those little minute details that end up, again, causing this kind of butterfly effect where the little detail becomes a bigger problem, you know. So that's very interesting, the way that that kind of is like unfolding within the story <laughs> so peter have you ever seen the movie about time because they 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 kind of tackled this in a sense it's similar is it the one where like the the men in this particular family can travel can in go time? back in mm-hmm. their own timeline mm-hmm. i did see in it their own time. life yeah lifetime. okay uh Allegra and i were having a discussion about that movie because when you look at it you're like oh that's kind of romantic but a little bit creepy and there's a like and then when i think about it more i'm like no actually it kind of seems like it's more creepy than romantic <laughs> Yeah, right. Just the way he kind of treats it, but I don't want to get sidetracked here. But I, I was just thinking, that's kind of a movie that took a similar concept, but kind of kept it in that the men in their time, you know, the men in the family can go back in their own time, in their own time, you know, right? Their life, their lifetime, I should say. That that and sounds like a, back in that. that sounds like an idea from Quantum Leap. You know, he can only travel yeah. back in time is within his own lifetime. Right. The show I see. Wait, you watch Quantum yeah, yeah. Leap? <laughs> I, I do, believe it or not. <laughs> or or did. Um, but yes, a, a show that I've seen a few times. Yeah. yeah the, you know, the funny thing, um, uh, bringing that particular movie up about time, both movies, they don't really explain how this is even possible. It's just, right. it's just a thing that exists. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they show us like, okay, well, it's not just Evan. He got it from his dad. Right. Uh, right. so, so there's that tie there, and that does come back later on. But yeah, that that's a, that was a really scary one. <laughs> first off, because you're just like, oh, he's visiting the dad. All of a sudden, boom! It jumps to like him being strangled. Like, how the hell right. did that happen? And you know that the father's really trying to solve a problem because he's saying, "I love you, but I have to do this kind of thing." Right. You know. So you know it, it. It's and it's kind of sad because you're seeing this man having been locked up because he can't quite um explain in a viable way like why this is happening and what he's experienced and then for him to realize that his son is kind of doing the same thing and that he felt like he was doing the right thing by attacking him is really kind of you know they make it super intense because of drama right but Mm -hmm. it was really kind of touching (laughs) you know because you're like you don't want to kill your kid but also you know he's about to fuck shit up (laughs) yeah yeah really 
Um, and Evan, going back and, and changing things, uh, one person we haven't uh, really talked a whole lot about uh, is his mother. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, played by Melora Walters. And um, at one point, he changes the president, and he comes back and Well, no, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Uh, when he comes back at one point, this is where I thought it was kind of like silly, Ashton, is when um, they're at the doctor's and they're going over like his CAT scans and he's doing like these tricks on the, you know, on the wheelchair, he's, like <laughs> wheelies and he's like explaining himself or explaining things to his mom in layman terms because he understands it, you know, because he's been studying memory, uh, which right. is uh, another interesting thing with his character. You know, as he got older, he started kind of, um, t- took these classes about memory loss and and things like that, trying to understand himself better. So uh, I do like that touch to his character, right? Um, at one point when when he goes back, so you you know we kind of talked a little bit about the the uh, the the firecracker. So why this was so pivotal is because we don't even find this a little bit later on, but you can really guess what happens. Obviously, like you. You know, you put a firecracker in a mailbox, uh, very few things, you know, can happen. It Somebody probably got affected by that. Uh, so in one timeline, we find out that uh, a mother and her child, a baby girl, I think it was, um, you know, blew up, probably died from this explosion. And so that messed up everybody. And that's why Lenny was kind of catatonic, I guess. It, catatonic, yes. yeah. You know, catatonic, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so there was a change where Evan goes back and he's trying to save them. I'm trying to get to the point where we get messed up, Kaylee, in the present oh, time. Oh, so uh, before we get there, when he kills Tommy in that one timeline, that's right, as a frat boy, he ends up in prison. That's and, right. Yes, and one he, of my favorite he's trying uh, to get, segments. Yeah, he's trying to get the book. He's trying to get the books. He's like, you know, talking to his mom about getting the books back. And he was able to get two, but of course he's getting, you know, like bullied in prison, you know, by different gangs trying to, you know, so it's a matter of him trying to convince his cellmate, Kevin, played by Kevin Durand. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Kevin Durand. If anybody yeah. else out there watch uh, The Strain. The Strain. Uh, oh. And um, to convince him that he's got some kind of like religious power when he goes back and pretty much stabs himself in his uh in his hands so that he can see like have uh, a kind of stigmata stigmata, stigmata right yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and so that was because he knew how to play that so that goes into him burning himself with a cigarette and all these like i like that they have these kind of touches that is one of the things you know even even as a kutcher one timeline doing wheelies later on he's gonna be an actual wheelchair you know like when we see that in the diff- different right. timeline good point um so when he goes then he goes back in time but I don't remember when he goes back, where he goes back to when, when basically he stabs, he stabs like uh, the white supremacist dudes in jail, which leads to one of the painting, you know, one of the drawings the that drawings, he did as a kid. Yeah. But I don't remember where he ended up after that. Like, where did he go back to? Because he was rushing, reading his book to try to get back in, in time again. Yeah, for some reason, I can't remember that either. I'm still trying to figure out how we got um, drug addled Kaylee too. That might have um, been the next one, I feel. Hmm. Well, he left. He left for college, or he left. They left the town, and he told her, "I'm coming back for you." But he never did, right? Right. But right. that was when he saw her in the the, in the um, diner, and she was kind around, of right? just yeah. like not real. She was like dead in Kaylee. She wasn't right. like heroin addict Kate, Kaylee right. at that moment. I think that was <laughs> that. That might have been like uh, after the first or second time that he went back. Probably after the first time because 
he went to go see her to try to ask her like what happened back then, mm-hmm. and then she ended up killing herself, right? Because uh, Tommy right. called and left a message on his answer machine saying like, "The fuck did you do, man?" She said that you came over and talked to her, right. and, like, and then she, she kills does, herself. Yeah. Then it goes back in time, and when he gives the shard to Lenny, Lenny kills Tommy. Yep, he's Is supposed to cut the, the rope. He's supposed right, to cut he the rope. To cut he the kept rope, telling him, but cut instead the rope. he cut tommy yeah <laughs> in the back so and i think that's probably think that's, when um we get the drug i think that's drug, that's Kaylee right. because she was completely was murdered, yeah. uh you know obviously her brother was stabbed in front of her mm-hmm. you know right so that's where we get her being a heroin addict i think yep yeah there oh, we go yeah that was all Made very sad around. oh right. she was so like amy smart was so good in that scene yep. you yep. know she's like oh you you're not who I was always expecting, but uh, I mean, I guess I got 10 minutes, you know, and all of this. <laughs> and then they go to the diner and oh, it's so emotional because obviously Evan, he's distraught because of what he did to her. Right. And then, she, um, you know, he's trying to convince her like, hey, this is what's been happening to me. And she's kind of like, oh, whatever. And so when he's like, look, he tries like the very last time to convince her. And he's like, you know what? I, I don't care. And she she takes it really personal. Like, look, Evan, you've been doing this. Why didn't you save me? Why'd you leave me here? You know, right. look at me. So she blames him. And uh, it's it's such a, a great scene between the two. Um, that's where I think I like Ashton uh, the best was in that scene, along with Amy Smart. I think, um, to be honest, I think Amy Smart slightly um, outacted Ashton Kutcher in this moment. Slightly? And to call back to what Mariano was saying, um, the makeup was fantastic mm-hmm. on Amy Smart. It it seemed very believable to me. Yeah. Um and would not have without having a bunch of knowledge of, you know, what heroin addicts look like. Um I have a little bit, but not a lot. Um but it just seemed very believable and I like the way they made her like you were saying Peter made her a bit me- like realistic and kind of like not totally out of her mind. She was kind of like dude, like you're saying all this stuff to me, but you're not uh, like, I'm here dealing with this. What are you doing? Essentially, you're telling me these fantastic stories, but like, what does that mean? You know, and I really liked those, that moment between the two, you know, I like how she kind of put it back on him. I Mm -hmm. I understand that towards the end, like, Oh, what are you doing? I'm saving me, but not just that, but I think this whole movie for Evan, all these things that he did, Everything was a freaking warning that he wasn't listening to, right? He wasn't mm-hmm. heeding any of these warnings. And one of the things is that she said basically, like, oh, if I, even if I believe your stories, like, what does that even mean? You know, like, and just kind of throwing that back at him. And I, I really like, I really like that. And Amy Smart's good, man. I'm telling you that, that was like, you know, watching her back to back on those two, right? She was, I think, one of the highlights of, of RC Blues for me anyway. Agreed. And then watching this, I'm like, oh, damn, she is good. And I'm like, uh, I really like her in this, in this role too. And she played it really well. And again, having to be, so you've got different timelines of the same person, but they're behaving differently because of the, the different changes that Evan has to keep doing. Evan's still the same. Right. Which is cool because he's going back and he's the only one that really knows what's happening. But everybody else is different. You know, even when we get to like the the last of the timelines, like one of the next to last timelines where where they don't blow up or they blow up the, the mailbox, but the kid and the, the mom and the baby are saved by Tommy. So even that changes, like, and they, everybody has to play a different role. I think that um, Kaylee was only, to me, she was consistent in terms of her core personality. 
I think that she was just slightly different given the different lifestyles that she was living. But I think that she was always, they, she was always depicted as kind of a, um, straight shooter sort of person and kind of like a little bit more aware than people wanted to give her credit for. And so I always saw Kaylee as kind of the, the thread. I mean, obviously she's the interest, you know, uh, Evan's interest, but also kind of the like, what do you call it? Like the, the thread that kind of grounded Evan in a way yeah. or gave Evan a cause. So I didn't see Kaylee as being that drastically different from everybody else. It was kind of Evan and Kaylee were kind of the common, the two that were kind of consistently like their basic personality. And just each time we saw them, differences were just basically how the environment changed them ever so slightly. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I mean, th- this movie is uh, pretty complex, actually. Um, I think why I enjoy it so much, you know, it's a time traveling movie, but the the writing, but also the attention to detail. Uh, I think uh, Allegra, I think it was you that you know kind of touched on like um, Kaylee's makeup. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the couple different times um, that we see thirteen-year-old Kaylee after being whacked by, accidentally by her brother, the the placements of her scar was different. Like I think the very first time it was kind of more on the side of her head. And then the second time was, you know, more on her face. And that's that's the version that we saw with uh, heroin addict Kaylee. You know, it's more right. on her face. So I, I did like that because, again, you go back, you change it. Well, something different is going to change just ever so slightly just because right. he went back yet again. See, so I, I like them having rules like that because there was a TV show that's no longer around that, you know, was very loosey-goosey with their rules and it just drove me insane. Uh, so, <laughs> again, I like the attention to the detail in, in the writing. Um, again, with Kaylee, like when we got Evan and Kaylee in college in love and everything's, you know, so nice, we get these little... You know, just throwaway lines with Kaylee talking about her toes is numb, you know, after they just, you know, had sex. And then later on, when Evan's at the diner with her and she's all cooked out and stuff, he's like, oh, how do how would I know that your toes go numb after you orgasm and all these things? Um, so I like the callbacks to that, too. It, it just it, it all worked for me. Uh, I, I do like the little line where he's like, oh, how do I know or how would I know that you have like um, twin dimples or moles or something in between your thighs and she's like anybody with 20 bucks can tell you that you know just like wow (laughs) you know that's that sounds about right for her character you know right then and there that's that was pretty good um yeah so let's see here the next time he goes back this is where he tries to oh gosh maybe if i just saved you know that woman and her child Right. Things would be, you know, different. So this was really weird because she, he, Evan gives her the warning, but then Tommy comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh, save you, lady, <laughs> you know, with right. his cape on, you know, da, 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 da. He did say it like that too. That's how he said it too. That's how <laughs> he delivered was, that line. <laughs> a little bit. It was a little funny. And then we cut to, <laughs> we cut to like, not only is now Evan roommating with Lenny, which was uh, weird. You don't. Uh, I love the way they set up the camera too, because you don't see who Lenny is really with, you know. So you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, Lenny's with a girl. Good for him, you know. He finds out that it's freaking uh, a Kaylee, you know. So Kaylee and Lenny hooked up, and Ash Ashton is a quad, he's not a quadriplegic, right? Is he just no arms? He's paraplegic. He's paraplegic. He's paraplegic. He's, uh, with uh, no arms, I guess. No hands, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So just so he started his legs. Amputation. Just w- yeah. Yeah. So he yeah. Lo- lost his arms in that, and and we get to see. Th- this is another cool thing about uh, about him going back in time and stuff. When he comes back to his present time, we get to see like some new memories, you know, implanted back into his head. So he shares like, I don't know. If we get that explicitly if he shares both memories now. Probably. I mean, at least I'm under the impression that he has both memories. So that's kind of cool to see because we got to see Lenny and Kelly hook up because they were always around caring for Evan growing up. And right, that makes right. sense. Yeah. Right. I think the only thing that kind of put me off a little bit, um, I don't know if it happened consistently, but it stuck out to me in the moment where he, um, Evan is in the in college with Kaylee and they're dating and they're like a couple. But the thing that kind of threw me off a little bit was when he uh, um, got to that time and he wakes up and Kaylee's there and he's getting, you know, they did the whole thing. Each time he changes something, he gets the flash of the past and how he's changed the past. But the thing that annoyed me was he didn't get the, it was like this awkward thing of him being like, I'm waking up with Kaylee. Oh my God. You know? And I'm kind of like, well, wait a minute. You just had all the flash of history with you and Kaylee getting together. Why would you suddenly wake up shocked (laughs) that you were next to Kaylee? But I guess that's just be me being nitpicky because that was like my least favorite time jump. You know? Yeah. I I get what you're saying. Cause, cause the memories came in a little bit after, right? He's, He's surprised, and then he like he goes into shock, and that's when his nose start bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why she tells him, you know, go go wash up and stuff. Um, yeah, and and that Might didn't be Ashton Kutcher. That didn't always <laughs> seem to happen either, too, because there's that one point he was like uh, leaning up against a tree, and then he went back just uh, just briefly, and then woke up like right by the tree again. Mm. Hmm. I don't remember that part for some reason, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe you. I it, because um there was a lot like going on that it's hard for me to remember all the details. So much going on. Too. Yeah, there yeah. were so many details. Yeah, and I I am with you, Peter. Like they paid attention to a lot of that, and you're right. They didn't. They had rules, and they didn't break them. That I could see, that I could recall. Yeah, seeing them break any of the rules. You know the the burning of the you know with the cigarette with the stigmata down the line. Right. Uh, the drawing of him basically stabbing these two Nazis. <laughs> in prison you know when he was a kid um the dad the him flashing back to the dad choke and realizing that he went to talk to his dad and was like i need to change i need to save somebody's life or what you know he was getting all like again hubris self-righteousness all these different things you're like no dude it that's like you can't do that you, you're you're fucking you, up the you, timeline you or whatever God, yeah you can't yeah exactly so right. there's that um i i i feel and this is <laughs> i think i did this twice because i don't recall it feeling the same way when i first saw the movie it's like hey evan just uh just stay stay leave everybody alone after that him being in the wheelchair and being uh paraplegic well, and he he, he and tried killing himself remember yeah yeah i know <laughs> right. i know he did but i was just like just can't even commit suicide right <laughs> his, his right? friends were all okay at this point i mean you know somebody was a little over you know tommy was like okay tommy was a Bible to the other yeah right <laughs> 
<laughs> so maybe that's maybe that that's was funny. Yeah. See, uh, so I do remember watching this in a the theater for sure because I think you know uh, we needed some levity after all this craziness that just happened. And I remember specifically when Evan wakes up and then you zoom out and then he's like stretching and he realizes he doesn't have any hands. Right. It cuts like it kind of like uh, cuts back a little bit. Then you see him without arms. And I remember like people kind of like chuckling in the movie theater because it kind of was funny, especially the way Ashton Kutcher played it. You know, I I found it a little comical. Um, And then like when he obviously he he tries to drown himself, Tommy comes in and he's like, what the the hell are you looking? He looks around. He goes, the only thing you forgot was to put a a toaster. toaster (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, and again, just a little bit more jokes. And I'm glad that it had a little, a little bit of that kind of throughout a little bit here and there. It was, it was really nice to have in a movie that's so dark. Right. Oh, I just recall there's a reason why he wanted to go back after that because his mom had cancer. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. She so she had that, been yeah. smoking, taking care of him all, all the all right. this time. Yeah. Right. So that's what it is. And so then he went back um and finally got it right. Let me ask you something um you two. Uh do we believe that Tommy um 13-year-old Tommy would have jumped and saved that baby and mother especially since he was the one who had the idea in the first place to put the stupid bomb in the mailbox I think the reason so it it's a little hard to believe but I think it makes sense because he didn't want them to, um, I, I guess, reveal themselves or whatever. But the fact that Evan went running already, he already blew their cover. So I mm-hmm. think maybe Tommy was all like, fuck it. Might as well try to save this lady. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think in doing so, you know, and probably like how bad Evan was injured, maybe he did feel like it was a bit of calling that he saved this lady and, and her baby. It could mm. be. So I, I could see it kind of plausible, but it is a little hard to believe after seeing how big of a shit he was uh, prior to right. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but also, if you think about it, at that point in that timeline, he hasn't had Evan's dog in a bag yet. Right. So so there were some bad things that still has not yet happened. At this point, I think he's witnessed Evan and Kaylee kiss and then the basement, Right. And so Evan, I guess maybe in Tommy's eyes, Evan's like, oh, or he thinks Evan got his for what he's done to me. I saved this lady. Hey, I think all is right in my universe. Possibly. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to (laughs) to apologize. I see that. (laughs) I mean, mean, it is a bit of a stretch to think that he would do that. Right. Yeah. Yes. But I I do say that him blowing, the cover being blown about that... (laughs) no pun intended, uh, <laughs> uh, with that particular scene was like, okay, well, let me just jump in on this, you know, um, and all those other things. So, yeah, we'll, we'll give, I'll give him that. I just, but I do understand he's so such an extremist as a personality, so I can see him go from one extreme to the other. That actually kind of makes sense. It does. Okay. People do that. Yeah. People do that. So, so I, c- I can see that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also I'm thinking you know his intentions like what you guys are pretty much alluding to is his intentions may not have been that great when he started running towards the lady right but then once everything happened he was kind of like oh wait a minute you know like like you said just kind of saw saw the light yeah right yeah um now do you guys know which version you guys watch whether it's theatrical or director's cut Mm, oh i think it was the theatrical what I was don't the think it was a director's cut? What was the ending that you guys saw? 
Like how how did it all end? What was it? So um, he's a so he's in the in the psychiatric hospital. There he's a the doctor's seeing his scan and saying, well, his brain's pretty much screwed. We got, they're going to send him to another hospital, and he breaks he breaks into the office and starts writing down because he he doesn't have access. The notebooks don't exist in this timeline, right? But the videotapes, right? The video, uh, yeah, he starts watching the film of um, I guess them being at at a. Birthday, birthday party, party and that's when he met her right and he goes back in time to that scene and was like you know basically he goes up to her little young kaylee and is like fuck off bitch or something yeah. like that i don't know something really I'll shitty kill oh, i'm gonna family. kill you yeah. i'll kill yeah, your family exactly. everybody gonna die i'm gonna kill your dog i'm gonna kill everybody and then she goes off to, yeah <laughs> burn down your house i'm gonna piss on it <laughs> so he did all that he said all that shit yeah it was pretty and, um, pretty crazy it's pretty intense and because again callback again with the rules and with all the time fucking traveling that he did in different timelines, he found out from her that the only reason she stuck around was for him. Mm-hmm. She would have gone with her mom because they had the option to go with mom or dad, but she stayed there because of him. And him doing that basically was like, she's going to choose her mom and she chose her mom and basically they lived their own lives. And uh, he becomes a psychiatrist, right? Yes. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about that, though, is um, so the whole premise of the movie is don't go back and fuck up, fuck with time, right? Right. But yeah. then he Until goes back fuck up and, get and right. fucks with time, no. and it er- ends up being all right. So like, it kind of negates the don't go back and no. fuck with time. The, the the moral of the story is don't fuck, don't fuck up. Don't go back because you'll fuck up time. But if you do, keep fucking up until you get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's what it is. Uh, I, I thought that's interesting, too, to have that, um, you know, the, the mother-father split up. I, I, I do like that. But one could maybe, I, I don't want to say argue. I'm going to use that word loosely. But we did front, find out from Kaylee at one point that her dad never laid a hand on her. I know that he ultimately does like the video and stuff like that. It's a better situation that she goes with her mom anyway. Uh, but I wonder. No, he doesn't. She doesn't lay a hand. He doesn't lay a hand on her once he basically threatened threatened him oh, in afterwards. one of the flashbacks. But she said, but and this is like uh, when they were in the frat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, Tommy's out of prison. Uh, that whole time, he, di- he didn't lay a hand on me, but he had his aggressions and took it all out on Tommy. On so Tommy, Tommy came out yep. even worse. Right. Because, so you know that, I mean? that yeah. was Ashton's fault or, uh, Evan's yeah. fault. That's right. right. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, so the director's cut, I didn't watch the director's cut, but I do remember, uh, what happens. It's, it's actually, I think, I believe it's one of the, uh, the, the alternate endings. Um, uh, but to kind of finish up the theatrical version, uh, eight years later, uh, you know, Ashton is well off on his own, or Evan, um, and he's you know walking in the in the streets, and then happens to walk past Kaylee, um, and then like you know they both kind of turn around at different times to look at one another, and and that's it, you know. And obviously, on the look at his face, he's like, "Should I? Nah, fuck it, leave it. She's <laughs> she she. I'm good. She's good. Just leave it alone." But. Do you- do you think he noticed her only because she's the only person in New York wearing white after Labor Day? I, I think so. I, okay. I think that's what just, it was. I'm just asking that. Yeah, I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, they had her wear white, so we can. That's, that's all we're looking at, you know. Um, her, her lack of fashion sense helped him <laughs> notice her in the crowd. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, I thought she wore a very nice uh, business suit there. It was a white suit. But, Peter, um, no white after Labor Day, Peter. I, I guess. Was it after Labor <laughs> Day? I, I don't know what the date was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> but uh, 
But the I, I don't remember. I don't think that was part of the director's cut ending. So he goes uh-huh. back even further. He jumps back to when he was a freaking fetus and kills himself. <gasps> Say, oh, what? you know what? Yeah, what we the hell? S- didn't no. we see that originally when we saw it the first time? You guys may that, have watched the director's cut originally. A very vib- vivid memory for me. I feel like we saw. Holy that. crap! We might have seen the director's cut. But the thing is, again, I, 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 because it's been so long, and I just remember the premise, me liking the premise and liking the film. Like I wasn't remember specifics, you know, Correct. except the the heroin addict, Kaylee, Kaylee, because she just like I felt like the makeup and the acting was so good. I'm like that just stood out, you know. Okay, yeah. he make out, he went back. And, you know, God, that does sound that familiar. Holy shit, a very vivid memory for me. But how did he I kill can't... himself? Um. Okay. Said, so so I I have the alternate endings up. And apparently there's four of them. We talked about the oh, theatrical. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. The second one, they call it the happy ending alternative ending shows Evan and Kaylee stopping on the sidewalk when they cross paths. They introduce themselves and Evan asks her out for coffee. And then I'm assuming it ends right there. So that's that's an alternate, which we probably can't find anywhere. Um, the open-ended alternate alternative ending is similar to the one where Evan and Kaylee pass each other on the sidewalk and keep walking, except this time Evan, after hesitating, turns and follows Kaylee. This ending was utilized in the film's novelization, written by James Swallow and published by Black Flame. So it's funny because we just kind of speculated that a little bit, you know, like, uh, should I, should I not? Um, mm-hmm. And then the director's cut, uh, Evan turning on the home movies, only this time instead of watching a home movie at a neighborhood gathering, he's watching the video of his own birth. He travels back to when he is about to be born and commits suicide by strangling himself with his own umbilical cord. Yes. With his own umbilical cord. Wow. I yeah. remember that. Holy shit, man. Yeah. We did see that one then. Yeah. Therefore, I that. he was never there to change the timeline in the first place, and this explains why Evan's mother had two stillborn children before him. Since their father had the same gift which led him to be convicted as mentally unstable, the three killed themselves in the same way uh, to avoid harming those around them. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> wow that's that's dark. Wow. <laughs> that's that heavy, right? Dark. That is heavy. <laughs> Man. I'm intrigued with that though. Yeah, that's a very interesting <laughs> ending though. I I I kinda I like that in the ending that we saw in the in the cinematic uh theatrical. Yeah. The, that that <laughs> it's very cinematic. <laughs> the the biopic version. No, I'm wow. uh, <laughs> sorry. Um I I kind of like both those. I don't like him going back after her and I don't like them yeah, having coffee. Leave it That's alone. Correct. Like, leave it alone. Like, but I we do just, like them seeing her and going like, "Oh, just keep it moving," you know. We just spent like the that. last third the the third act trying to fix everything don't go back and fuck it all up again yeah, right exactly exactly absolutely yeah. even, absolutely. even absolutely. if it would end up nicely like come on right 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 plenty fish in the sea evan leave it alone right exactly. right you guys are both dude. successful maybe she's exactly. even married right now dude you know? you're tall you have a lot going for you <laughs> you got a pretty face i mean all those men in the in the prison told you exactly <laughs> <laughs> they were all clamoring for you, so you know you're a catch. They really were, weren't they? <laughs> all right. So, you know, it sounds like we had a, um, uh, at least we enjoyed the movie. I can't say have fun just because there's so many dark themes in this. It's, um, not, a fun, it's not a fun thrill ride. It is no, a thrill it's ride. Not. It's not a fun one. But it is a good movie, that's for sure. And I remember yes. liking it when I first saw it. And so watching it again and going, oh, wait, I, it is a good movie. I do like it. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So I like it as well, and it looks like the viewers like it as well. Uh, on IMDb, it's a let me see, seven point seven out of ten, pretty high. 
Uh, Mariana, what was it for Rotten Tomatoes? Did you still have that up? 81%. 81%. So very close. You know, that That's were, really high. Yeah, right? yeah, really, really high. So, Allegra, uh, were you, I know they're pretty close, but are you more the 7.7 out of 10 or the 81%? I, um, hmm, I think I would do the 81%, actually. I think I would give it like a, a, uh, a low B. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely. You know, because um, aside from the very, very minute, like, and it really just focuses on Ashton Kutcher. There are moments where I was like, eh, you know, um, but overall, uh, and, and some of the stuff was just slightly on the tropey side, but overall, I was completely riveted. I, again, love movies about time traveling and fucking around with time so that's right up my alley um and just kind of like the different ways that he kind of fumbled through this time travel was very interesting so yeah i i'm i'm on board with the 81 percent. okay what about you mariana uh s- s- yeah i'm like 75 and, or above somewhere I, mean, I might be i guess i might be more in the imdb but it's it's still definitely like yeah, that's. Yeah, I feel bad because I'm like, oh, maybe it is a B instead of a C. <laughs> and, uh, C plus B minus somewhere in that range. Uh, I, again, it was a very, it was, it was just really good. Um, there's some things that were choppy for me, and I feel like, man, if we can get like a, no offense to the director, maybe a slightly better director, we could have a better, you know. But then again, their vision could be completely different. Because, but I do like how they fragmented the storyline. Uh, and I wonder if it's a matter of like if it was in production hell because of that, maybe they couldn't get the right person aboard or just couldn't nobody wanted to touch it i don't know maybe i don't know okay. maybe follow me this one follow me on this one maybe it was in production hell because ashton kutcher kept going back in time and fucking up the movie <laughs> and then he finally got it right that's that probably what be. happened it's, that's it, probably it what happened he's like yeah, yeah. let me let me just be the star no nope, that didn't work okay let me sign on as yeah. producer right. now too yeah, yeah. no yeah. he's right. trying to do it and they're like now nah, you're not big enough star so he went back in time and like and and auditioned for the 70s show there you go and got rid of the competition so he can get the part of the of the character and then became a big enough star to be like okay now i can produce this movie we figured it out because he didn't even change his yeah. look right i mean he, no, exactly no not at all <laughs> just added a year or two cracked the code yeah i did crack the code yeah you know i'll give it 80 percent. 80 percent is good i okay. like that yeah, you know, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to go with that 81%, um, just because, again, I had mentioned, uh, you know, I'm not very familiar with the, the directors at, at all, and I thought they did a great job. I'm sure, I, let me just double check here, but I believe they also wrote, yeah, they they wrote and directed this uh, together. So um, it's it's complicated. The, I, I would imagine the editing must have been a mother. Oh, my God. Must oh have my been God. a mother. Yeah. I, I couldn't be, I you'd have to write and direct it, I would think. Yeah, yeah, That's absolutely. Have to be. You can't, you can't just be one right. No, because to keep all that, all that, somehow impact, and I can imagine like f- fucking up your own rules right. <laughs> throughout the <laughs> right. filming of this easily. You know. Yeah, right. and I just love how each time he goes back, he tries to fix it. At no point do they ever give him any like cushion, like okay, well you you fixed it some. No, not really. Like it, it, anytime you went back, you really made things worse. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, again, like oh, I fixed it with uh, Kaylee that first time. Well, no, look what happened with uh, Tommy, and then you ended up killing him, you dummy. Um, so th- I, I like that. It just it, it never got better for for Evan. Also, why I put it so high is because this is like 
an, an absolute recommend. I, I would recommend anybody, you know, definitely check this out. If you haven't seen it in, in, in a while, go back and check it out because just just the way they constructed this movie, it I thought it was brilliant. Um, you know, the fact that I own like the original DVD that I had purchased, <laughs> I think also says something. Uh, maybe it doesn't, but I just, you know, it's, it's one that I kept. And the fact that I watched the sequels <laughs> right after that. <laughs> now that's the biggest, that's the biggest mark right there. Yeah. That proves everything right there. Hey, time travel, anything dealing with time is tough. Yes. It's so easy to fuck that up. It's oh, very yeah. easy, which is why when you have a film or a show or, or any kind of medium that's going to give you time travel and keep the rules, gives you rules in the first place, keeps the rules and doesn't kind of fuck those up, keep it consistently, then that's already like, you're already a step above most because you can easily screw up time very easily. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of people kind they, of do. Yeah, yeah they, they do, do actually. Um, but, but also they, they really put attention to detail in this one. Sorry to cut you off, no, it's Mariano. Okay. But also as bad as a time traveling movie can be if you don't get the rules right and you don't follow the rules that you set is also as great a time travel can be you know time travel movie can be because it's such it's it's a subject to me that never gets old you know what i mean because even if you see kind of the similar stories it's you know you can tell it in so many different ways so that's the thing that kind of draws me to these time travel movies even if they end up being terrible <laughs> yeah i mean you know i like looper a lot i think this is better than looper yeah I agree. I can you see know. that. Looper's good too. I like Looper. Looper's, Looper's good. Still. Looper's yeah, good. Yeah, it was. But I'll be honest. I went in with low expectations and was pleasantly surprised with that film. Um, I think that I like the concept of butterfly effect more, and because they actually did a great job with it, it does make it to me like a better movie than Looper. Um, mm. I will say that the, I rather have the director's cut. Yeah. But then I'm I'm twisted. Yeah, well, I mean, th this movie has a lot of stakes, and uh, some movies they they are too safe, right? These guys they were very right. bold with what they did. Uh, the director's cut, Mario, to what you're saying, I think that's a bold right. move. Um, and it probably didn't it probably didn't didn't uh, do well with audiences, you know, when it, right. you know how they do testing. I'm, I'm sure it probably did terrible with audience, and I can imagine why. But it, it's a fucking better ending. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved the director's cut as you well. But I too am dark, <laughs> right? I mean, it is. That's a twisted, no pun intended. That's a twisted ending there too. But still, man, it's I, I like that better. And I, but I can see how audiences would probably not. It would probably not do well with audiences, right? Yeah, Ugh. right. Yeah, that. Yeah, I can. I mean, see I don't that think too. it's doing well. With Peter over here, his reaction. Peter, are you all right? Uh, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about the director's cut. No, um, I mean, it, I, I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, uh, obviously, I like a happy ending. I mean, the way both ended, you know, it, it's not happy at all. Like you, I, I don't want to say you scarred young Kaylee by you know saying what you did, but you you made her make a better choice for herself, you know, and she's better for it. But I like the idea of the director's cut ending. Just the fact that, like, yeah, Evan, if you don't exist. All is kind of better for it because if you exist and yes, you stop all of the stuff with the Kaylee and the Tommy, you still have this ability to go back when you read things. Right. Yep. You know, so it's also, it's also like he finally understood complete and learned from everything, including especially his father. Right. <laughs> Basically saying, you can't play God. You can't do this. 
you have to like basically die. <laughs> and right. he, if he doesn't exist, then there you go. Mm-hmm. 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 That that's very that's very very gutsy. Very yeah. gutsy to to do that. You know, it really I is. Think. Oh gosh, I, I want to see what uh, what else these guys have have done. Um, uh, but yeah, so we we all really enjoyed this movie and highly recommend it. Uh, go back and rewatch if you guys haven't yet. Uh, but I want to thank you both for uh, coming on the show, Mariano. You're already a regular, but Allegra, thank you for making your first appearance. And you're going to be on, I, I, I think, the next two movies. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Ooh. yeah I know. We got, we, got a, we got a new release coming coming up as well. Yep. Yes, we do. I'm so excited. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should be interesting. Right around, uh, you know, the time for. Uh, for uh, you know, February coming around, so Valentine's is right around the corner. Oh, so I geez. guess we're doing this like you know, there's a couple of themes going on here because she saw that as a ro- is that considered a romantic comedy? It is, it is. I okay. mean, yeah, you know, you got a love story going on. Yes, um, I mean, heck, we we have another. I don't want to say the title yet, but we do have, I, I think, another romantic comedy after the new release. So maybe a oh, three, wow. you know, three movies. Oh, wow. we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we'll the see. Yeah. our schedules all all line up. Well, the vetting process is still going on for Allegra, so we got to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, is it too fail, soon to, to say you know. that I'm not a big romantic comedy person? But that's okay. It's all good. More, more for Mario. Neither am I. Neither am I unless he has Freddie Prince Jr. in it. <laughs> oh, all right. So, Allegra, where can <laughs> listeners check out your show, and how can they get a hold of you if they want to continue the conversation with you? So, um, not only do Mariano and I do History of Color, but we also do TV Ate My Brain. And if you go into CoreTempArts.com, you can, or iTunes or wherever you um, listen to podcasts, you could listen to a lot of the shows that we've covered. We did Atlanta. We did The Expanse. We did... Um, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, yeah, Handmaid's Tale, the controversial Handmaid's Tale. Those podcasts are really lively, so check those out. We did Legion. We did um, The Man in the High Castle, Runaways. So we've, we're we out there in them streets. Um, so yeah, TV My Brain is a good way to listen to Mariano and I go off on things. I think um, one of the better episodes or one of the better podcasts to listen to for TV My Brain f- with us is um, listening to Snowfall because that's such a great great yeah. t- uh, TV show. Um, Snowfall. Check Snowfall out. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then there's, of course, History of Color. Um, you can check those out. There's about um, 20, soon to be 23 episodes to check out of those. So go back and check those out. Um, I am pretty much in the Facebook group, Core Temp Arts Podcast group in Facebook. And um, I'm also kind of dipping and dabbing into Twitter. Um, and my uh, at is color underscore history of. So give me a holler. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. And I'll even answer or reply to you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Mariana, what about you? I am on Twitter at Papa Elefante. That's at P-A-P-A-E-L-E-F-A-N-T-E. And, uh, you know, we can have arguments about the best uh, John Hughes movie. I don't know. Something. <laughs> that, uh, you know, the theatrical versus director's ending on this movie. You know, oh, sure. right. Oh, yeah. Let's, exactly. let's, let's talk know. about those. Exactly. Um, all right. But you know what? I'll, I still take whipped cream questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were still kind of talking about that uh, on, on Twitter. 
Um, for, for me, <laughs> many ways you can find me. Uh, I, I do have a, a tiny group page of my own, uh, Podstalgic and Friends. Uh, and also I do Cobra Kai Companion. If you guys like Cobra Kai or the Karate Kid movies, uh, I do cover that with Tom from Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Uh, for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Podstalgic. Obviously, if you found the show, you found the show. <laughs> I don't know how else to say I'm like, if you want to find my show, you can find it on. Like you probably already subscribed or you found us somehow. But yeah, that that's gonna do it. Uh we teased the next episode. She's all that. We already talked about it. So Freddie Prince Jr. and his lovely eyebrows uh will be featured in that <laughs> next episode. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and check out the poster. I want to give a shout out to uh, Large Marge sent us podcast. Uh they talked about that on Twitter and I was like, I need to look at these eyebrows. So that's that's the only way I knew about them. Uh, so that's going to do it. Uh, thanks again to uh, Allegra of Mariano, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hold up. Hold up. Don't be scared. You'll never change what's been and gone. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.